In this house, you'll hear from courageous people who have stepped into their power after turning challenges into grit that creates, motivates, and levels up. I'm Parker Phoenix, and this is my house. Welcome to House Momentum. Today, I welcome Victoria Summer Witzel. She is a curve model signed under Stutz Model Management and is based in New York City. Originally from North Carolina, Victoria is also a dancer, dance fitness instructor, and a cheer New York cheerleader. After being furloughed from her corporate job this past year, she has stepped into her power, embracing her curves, breaking image stereotypes, and is the epitome of self-love. Welcome again, my dear. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing so well. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, I'm doing well. The New Year is here. It's 2021. Um, and everyone kind of is ready for that uh, resolution, which I hate to use the word resolution. I feel like that's like a two-week one month thing <laughs> that you forget about. But a new thing I've been hearing, and I don't know if you've heard of this, is kind of like a new year contract. It kind of makes it a little bit more official and it lasts all 12 months of the year. I don't know if there is anything that you kind of want to contract yourself to for 2021 for this year. I feel like leading up to 2020, I always came up with such silly resolutions that I only stuck with for like five minutes or a week or not at all. Like I completely forgot what I had even written down to, to accomplish. Um, something that I did in 2020, not, I didn't even mean to, but it was just the way it happened. I just trust fell into the year. It's like as oh, if yeah. March hit and I was like, okay, nothing's going to go my way. And that's something that I really want to take into this year, um, along with being present because nothing is guaranteed. And we learned this year that everything is temporary. And so if you're with a friend, you're with that person, you're not looking at your phone, waiting for like a loser to text you, like just really, really (laughs) being there, like being there. You have to be like, you don't know if that's the last conversation you'll have with someone. You don't know if like that's the last day that you get to go on a walk, like we're just not guaranteed anything. And so being present is something that I really want to focus on and just staying true to myself, being a good friend, showing up for other people um, and spreading love and joy any way I can. (laughs) And you do, you do spread a lot of joy. Well, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, For me as well, I think my my 2021 contract is mindfulness. So kind of the same, Mm -hmm. similar in, in a way. And even to the extent of being mindful about what I'm eating, what I'm putting into my body, being mindful about what I'm watching on TV, Mm -hmm. what I'm listening to. Um, I've started to do that a little bit in December this past month. And just that alone, I've seen some pretty good results. So mindfulness is definitely key. Awareness. Yeah. Being mindful of each other, especially like you just said, it's been a tough year to put it very lightly. We don't know what everyone else is going through. Be, being nice and and being aware of of that it, it doesn't take a lot to do love that now this year though you it's you know tra- talk about trusting the year and really falling into it you know you signed with uh sets model management this past year correct yes i did and congratulations again i Thank know probably said it a thousand times but which is amazing <laughs> it's a, a great um a great achievement considering what 2020 has looked like and from my I know we in our previous conversations, you know, the modeling world, the entertainment industry, that is not completely new for you. And what have you done? Kind of like just a general overview from then that's led you to where you are now. 
I was actually a childhood model um, when I think I was like four or five years old, like around that age. I had an agent. Um, my parents would take me out of school, like to go to commercial auditions. Oh my God, uh, I wish. My- no it was that's what we were doing like I mean I grew up in the south so it was like the pageant world and like Um, I did all of that and the dancing and the singing and you know I'm very grateful for all of those um opportunities but modeling was something that I don't even really know like how my parents got me into it I think they just submitted me for like to be with an agent and then I was signed and so that was like a big part of my early childhood. Um, and I was actually supposed to move to New York city as a childhood model or child model, um, not childhood, (laughs) a child model. And my mom and I were going to move here. And like my dad was still working in North Carolina. So he was going to follow us like a couple months later. And like, I was going to live here. Um, but when I was younger, I had a really thick Southern accent. Like I kind of have one now, but I mean, I do have one now. But it was really thick when I would introduce myself. It was like, hey, y'all, I'm Victoria, like very, (laughs) very, very, very thick. And that was a deal breaker um, in order for me to be a model, even at that young age, was I I was going to have to get rid of my accent. And that was my identity. And the industry has come so far since then. But my parents were like, skirt, you know, ugh because that was who I am. Like, how do you tell a five, four, five, six year old? Yeah, I was just going to say You can't talk speak that way anymore. Yeah, so. um, And how did you, at at five years old, did that stick with you for a while? Did you feel like, oh, I can't be myself to do X, Y, and Z? Or did that stay with you for a while? I don't know. I don't really remember that. Like, I only know this because like my parents had told me um, this. I think if I would have been a little bit older, yes. If I would have been nine years old, 10 in middle school, of course. Um, But just knowing that story, like it makes my stomach turn. But I just like, I could be on my hands and knees praying, like just thanking God or the universe or whoever that my parents were not like, okay, well, we'll send her to speech therapy and we'll get rid of it. so She can move to New York and be a model. They were like, no, that's her identity. And like, maybe this isn't what we should be doing. And so they kind of pulled me out of it. And I, you know, I wanted to be on the playground with my friends. I wanted to have that normal childhood. And I got to because my parents made an active decision, an active decision to allow me to just be my true authentic self, which I cannot thank them enough for because I know it helps me get to where I am. And so you know, this year that came full circle. I, um, when, well, when I, I guess when I first moved to New York city, I, um, had been freelancing as a model moved here when I was 22. So just freelancing. And once the pandemic hit and I was furloughed, I was like, well, I guess this is again, God or the universe telling me like, well, girl, you better go for what you want. And so I did. And I got signed, um, with an amazing, amazing agency. And something that really stood out to me about stats was, how diverse their board was before the time. Like I looked at their board of models and I was like, wow, these are some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And none of them look the same. Yeah. I noticed that too. I looked at their website and um, just the portfolio of all the models. And not only are they, they're all gorgeous, but they all, you can see yourself in a lot of them too. It's not something where obviously there's, you know, models with extreme work done or um, just this unattainable type of, beauty that almost doesn't seem personal with, with from what I've seen on sets it looks like these models are 
just ranging from all different backgrounds, all different shapes, sizes, and they're all gorgeous. So yeah, it seems like you're at a really good place. Oh, thank you. I love that you noticed that too. I mean, I know that means a lot to them because that's, they set their goals for themselves as well. And the fact that they were ahead of that before it was like trendy to be inclusive, I just think is really amazing. And yeah, right. Right. Trendy to be yourself now. Um. Right. Right. (laughs) It's true. I mean, it wasn't always like that. So having the chance to just like be me and be exactly what clients and my agency needs, accent, curves, measurements, personality, all my insecurities, like everything that makes me who I am, right. put me to where I am, and they just accept it with open arms. So I'm very grateful. And when we say curve, right, curve mm-hmm. model, the term curve, is this now the new, what was formerly, I don't want to, I hate to even say it, plus size. Is it now curve model? Is that the appropriate terminology? I even struggle a little bit with that transition of like, I often still do call myself plus size or a plus size model or a curve model. Cause normally when you look at agencies, um, boards and websites, it'll say, you know, development models and the curve division. And so to me, when I read that, I'm like, that's empowering, like the curve division. Um, and you know what you're getting into. I'm like, Oh, these women look like me. And I think that that's fine. I don't have a problem with being uh, you know, called or identified as a curve model, but I think something that, Recently, I realized was I was talking to one of my friends and she we were just talking about our careers and what got us to where we are now, etc. And she was like, so what are you doing full time now? And it took me a long time, like a while to really accept that, like, oh, my God, I'm going after my dreams. Like, I'm a model now. (laughs) Because, you know, it's like one of those things where even when I was pursuing acting several years ago um, in my acting training, they always said, you know, being act, being an actor is a noble thing. So when someone asks you, what do you do for a living? Like, yes, you probably, probably yeah. wait tables or work in retail. Like you have side hustles, but you say, I'm an actor and I wait tables, not, you know, I'm a waitress and I like, you know, act on the side, Like you, you, right. it's, it's noble to, to be an actor and like to be a model. And so I think, you know, I'm working on when someone asks me like, Victoria, what do you do? Saying like, I'm a model, not like, oh, like I model and, you know, do some side hustles, but also just coming to terms with the fact that I don't have to say I'm a plus size model or I'm a curve yeah. model to like justify that, that it's okay to be, to just say I'm a model without worrying about like, people are going to look at me and be like, girl, that girl right. she's a model. She's not a model. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm model. Where, where at? Exactly. And so that's oh like my, my own insecurity that I'm working through because my friend's the one that brought it up. She's like, why do you always say I'm a plus size model? She's like, girl, just say you're a model. And I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> so. And it's, and take pride in it too. I mean, sure. it's funny that you said that about acting mm-hmm. and modeling because here are jobs because they are jobs. They are, they are, there are careers. They can be careers where you're being extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. These are probably the most vulnerable jobs there are. You are either pretending to be someone else, mm-hmm. acting however way, or you're showing your body. Right. <laughs> and, you know, here we are in this very critical world where we are so judgmental of everyone and their vulnerability, and yet we're kind of afraid to say to say that's what we do mm-hmm. or to say that's who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I definitely take pride in it. And anything, that any, artists, um, photographers, anything mm-hmm. there, you're actually putting – 
yourself into your work what we're doing right now it's yeah. it's extremely vulnerable and it's so funny when people not funny but it is I don't know how to have the appropriate word to say but it <laughs> is kind of um nerve-wracking when the harshest the harshest critics are the ones who are not even doing that who are mm-hmm. not even putting themselves out there who are not even who couldn't do it probably right. either way um so yeah no definitely take pride in in your in your job title and your career title because it is it is huge and not many people can do that that's for sure sure. same thing for you in this podcast like I will just clap for you all day every day because I think it's amazing that you wanted to do this and you just went for it and then you're like Victoria you want to do this I'm like yes because you are my community and you're someone who I want to support and lift up to so yay for you you as well for going after it (laughs) I am all about you know between you and I have a, a when I was thinking about my circle of, of people I know of friends that I have, I was like, wow, some people are doing, doing it, doing <laughs> things. And we are so quickly to listen to these podcasts where, or, or watch things where there's someone who's already at a certain level in their career, who's already at this certain pedestal to where they don't really talk about the griminess. They don't really mm-hmm. talk about the, the stuff that you really want to hear <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that moment of that vulnerability, you mm-hmm. know, because they don't have to. Um, but it's also very important to, to give light and to, and to give praise to those who are closest to you. We tend, we forget to do that very often and it's hard, especially now. And no, thank you for that. And I will always, this is what house momentum is about. It's about bringing people in here to kind of express, you know, what they, how they're stepping into their power or if they've already stepped fully into their power. I don't think that's, we never fully are there, but we're, we're, we're always getting there. We're always in the, in it. And it's to recognize that because we so quickly can step out of it through our own mindset, um, through society expectations. So this is a place where we're going to talk about the goodness that people are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's everyday people who are doing things that, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm genuinely surprised by. And I think other people will also find pretty interesting and cool and dope. Yeah. So, (laughs) so there wasn't really a particular, some people like, oh, there's this moment where I was like, oh, from here on out, this is what I wanted to be. It was always about you. The arts always spoke to you. Um, Was there ever a time then as you got older where you thought maybe that's not for me? Was there ever a time where you thought that Mm -hmm. or were you always like, no, this is going to be part of my life no matter what? No, I definitely... I think, you know, probably until I don't even know what the timeline would be like, right until I went to college, I think I was all or not even I think like I was always like, well, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be on Broadway, probably like I want to be a Broadway casting director eventually. Like it's always what I wanted, even being in a local community theater production. You know, I'd be on the in the ensemble of Anything Goes. And I was like the biggest ensemble like dancer. But that never registered to me. Like never, no one ever said like to me, well, Victoria, like you're never going to be, you know, a Broadway dancer because you're not the right size or no one was like that plus size girl. Like I always knew I looked different. I look, I've looked different since I was, I don't know, like 10 years old, 11 years old when I was in middle school, like I had boobs and a butt, like it was always that way. Like it was just what it was, (laughs) but I never, until I went to college and like started doing more research and learning more about the industries just across the board, like in the art or in the arts and entertainment um, world, I started to think like, oh, well, maybe I'm not the type that um, 
Broadway or that clients or agencies would want. So I think in college, you know, that was like the first time that that happened. And so I went back and forth in my major from, you know, theater, BFA to like business and back and then ended up um, graduating in communications and theater. And I think part of that was me feeling like that I didn't have what it took to really just graduate and be have a BFA in theater and moving to the city was kind of the the same way where you know I came here and my heart like all I've ever wanted to do is be a model and be in the arts and entertainment industries but then you have health insurance and you have like a rent and you're like all these adult like responsibilities and worries exactly and I was like well I can't do this like I can't like I can't do this I have to I can't fail in New York City so I need to go into the corporate world but like every day like I went to work for literally three years and I've had amazing jobs and I've met amazing people and I've had a lot of really awesome awesome opportunities but my heart like at sitting at my desk was like oh my god I'm not supposed to be here but I was just too afraid to take that leap because I didn't want to fail. Preaching to the um, choir. I, yeah. It's it's funny because you're 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 grateful for mm-hmm. you know ooh, working at and we worked at a great company together. Right, Everyone yeah. there has treated amazing. you really nicely. Yeah. Um, and I met some amazing mm-hmm. people there that I think we had. I had I think that was one of the very few jobs where I had some really good coworkers. Like mm-hmm. the saying the word coworker was just not enough. But you sit there at your desk and. You're like, all right, I have this, I have that, I have this. And why do I still feel like zero? Why do I still feel like I'm just not fulfilled? Or um, I, I that thought went through my mind like every day. <laughs> but the voice just kept getting louder and louder. And then 2020 just put it on mega. Were there other careers that you had where you kind of had the same thought process? Did they teach you any other lessons about yourself that you think has inched your way to where you are now no for sure um I yeah so the last company was amazing it was you know something I'd never done before it was a new career but before that I had worked in television so well when I first moved to New York I was just waiting to hear back from CBS which was my first job in the city but I didn't know that yeah yeah no it was it was a the page program so it was like an apprenticeship glorified apprenticeship program but I was mostly doing like audience coordinating for Harry Connick Jr., his show, and for um, like the late show with Susan Colbert. And so it was a lot of audience. And then I also, yeah, so it was a great opportunity to like really get your foot in the door. Um, And I had a great gig on CBS this morning where I was the talent coordinator. And so I was constantly in front of people um, when I first got here. And like I would talk to anyone in the broadcast center, like while I was at work at CBS, I would ask them how their day was. And I could tell that was kind of like getting traction where it was like, I was starting to get opportunities because people were asking my boss, like, Hey, who's that curly head girl? Like, who's that girl from that's in the page program. And I noticed that I started getting opportunities, not because I had this resume that was amazing. Like I was a girl from the South that came from a small private college. Like I didn't go to like a crazy you know, well-known university or anything like that, but I was getting opportunities and being recognized for just being me, for like being nice to people and like smiling at people. And so I think in that moment and like in that first year, although sometimes I wanted to kind of hide that part of me because a lot of people didn't understand it. They thought I was fake. They're like, what, 
what's up with her. I learned to embrace it. And that really carried me like through TV in general. I went from doing a CBS page and then went, went into television casting and then was a talent manager before going into a sales position. Um, but that it's always kind of been within that entertainment umbrella. And yeah. <laughs> if people really remember how you make them feel since speaking to you they probably were like oh she really just kind of lifted me up a bit here who is that when people ask say who is that it's because something shifted within themselves and it's a good shift I mean well sometimes it could be a good shift they might be like who is that like I do not want them near me I would like to think but it's for the better um, just because something's changed within them and they want to know who this person is and they're going to remember you because they specifically have asked. So that's amazing. You think, oh, why, why, why should she stay in television if this is what she wants to do? Um, you're in entertainment. What made you leave that, that industry? Because from there, then you went to this tech startup where we were, where it's completely different. It was so tech heavy that um, it's such a change, such a shift. What led to, to that change? I became really curious about what else was out there. Um, I was kind of in this, I had an amazing job. Like I was a talent manager right before I left. And, but I realized, I think that I was managing other people's lives more than I was my own. And I wanted to take the reins on my life. Like I was very much with the CBS jobs and then into like casting, which I really loved casting. And I would love to do that again someday, like whether it's in theater fun. or TV. Yeah, it's so fun. So amazing. You get to talk to people all day um, and you get to make their dreams come true. It's like awesome. But, you know, I with with that into talent management, I just wanted to take the reins um, on my life. And I was in this place where. I was constantly working, you know, if talent needed something at 4am, I was their go to if they needed, if they missed their flight at 6am, I was their go to. And so it just became too much for me and my mental health. Oh, so um, it was like, like an on call, not on call, was, but you were just, Ooh, it was, it was like pretty much 24 hours. And like my mental health was just, you know, I was at the bar with my friends and I'm like on my phone, like, Oh my gosh, like this crisis has happened. And I just, I didn't want that. I really wanted to look for something new that also aligned with my personal mission. And that's how I came across um, the sales job because the line that I was typing into Indeed about, it, it was like bringing people together that happened to be in the mission statement of the company. And I was like, well, this aligns with what I believe in. So why not try something new that's a little bit more nine to five ish um yeah it definitely was a ish five ish um <laughs> wow oh my god I didn't I didn't know it was so abrupt because I knew you did that but I didn't yeah. know it was so, yeah. so abrupt <laughs> when things are affecting your personal life when your mental health it's it's time to go as as hard as it might be I, I can imagine that being really difficult but yeah you got to take into account yourself it oh, is amazing. yeah it's, it's like I was just thinking like it's it's that breaking point that you hit where I, I don't even think I realized that it hit all cut, caught up to me until one day. I remember I got done with a shoe and I was taking a cab home and I sat there in the cab and like tears were just streaming down my face. I was so overwhelmed. I was so exhausted. And the next day I went into my senior vice president's office and I was like, I can't, like, I, I have to turn in a notice. Like I'm not in a good place. And I think we have those break, kind of like those midlife mm -hmm. quarter life crisis moments. Like it was definitely like that, where I was like, 
no, like I deserve more. Like I want to focus on something new and try a different career path that I think would bring me more joy and allow me time to love all my friends and like take classes and just be active in my own life versus managing the lives of other people oh yeah that's a huge huge lesson um to just put yourself first it's okay to have your your break your breakdown moment (laughs) in a way it it really is to put things into perspective for yourself Mm -hmm. um no it's great that you recognize that a lot of people would just keep doing it until you know Mm -hmm. it gets worse they're clinging on to it so much where it's they see the damage it's doing to themselves, but they're clinging on so, so heavy, so hard to where it's only doing even more damage long-term. Right. And so that it, yeah, it's better just to kind of have a clean slate, walk <laughs> away, reassess, yeah. try again, reassess, try again, and try again. Cause you're just going to keep trying. <laughs> Never an end. Yeah. That's one thing I'm learning yeah. now as we in adulthood or, um, <laughs> that, there is no you're what are you chasing if you're gonna chase something you might as well chase what you want you might as well go after what serves you but in all aspects Mm -hmm. as far as um mind and body um no that's amazing I love what you just said mind and body no it's it's so true I was so focused on um everything exterior before purchase 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 consume 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 next thing you know at least for me I was Mm -hmm. Well, I was overweight from what I was happy with. I just want to feel good. I want to feel like not like I'm, you know, just discomfort or bloated from just having some fast food quickly because, you know, I have to get back to this call or I have to get here. I have to go here. And you're neglecting every other component of your physical and, 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 you know, even spiritual self. So, yeah, that's the that's been, I think, the Mm -hmm. biggest lesson for for me in a similar situation as far as this past year goes um and one thing I noticed mm-hmm. with you because I, I do think the aspect of nurturing ourselves is so so huge and so big and one thing I noticed that you do on on Instagram which I don't even know if you realized what you're doing but when I yeah. saw, <laughs> saw a couple of things I was like oh she's doing uh, mirror work and mm-hmm. um I don't know if you have have you ever heard of uh, mirror work before no. <laughs> Mir- Mirror work is this news to me. <laughs> I think it's like a new thing because everyone's like, love yeah, love. cool. Because, you know, loving ourselves is like the hardest thing to do, apparently, right. in the world. Um, it's a method of loving yourself. So it's when you're dancing like in front of a mirror oh. and you're, or you're just, or your phone <laughs> and you're recording yeah. yourself and you, as you're doing it, you're repeating affirmations, whether they be internal or to yourself, you're um, building mm-hmm. your self esteem. And you don't really don't care. You're letting go. You're like kind of falling into the music. You're having a good time mm-hmm. dancing. And I noticed you'll do a lot of Instagram snippets of you just dancing, having a good time in your apartment. And I'm like, that's what she's yeah. doing. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's doing that on purpose. No. So no, that's awesome. Wow. I don't know. I just like dance. You can see my apartment with these windows. Like I just dance for like the people next to me. I'll be like dancing, even sometimes with like wine or something. And I'm like, should I put my Venmo in the window? Like, will they will they pay me for these performances? Well, um, but the fact that you, I guess, do it without realizing it, you know, it makes you feel good. You know that it's filling you up, and and you know it's something that is serving you in that way and nurturing yourself. Um, more people we need to do it. I only do that, do it really, or notice it when I'm working out. I work out in the in the mirror, and then in between sets, I'm just like, 
like feeling myself start dancing in the middle of the set and then I'll keep going and then I dance again and keep going. But is there anything else that you do to kind of nurture yourself that enforces building your self-esteem, feeling good, loving yourself, feeling yourself? I love going on walks. Um, It's something I started as soon as I was furloughed from work, um, I didn't have anything to do with my days. I was so lost. I had no idea like what I was doing. And so and every single morning for March, April, May, even in the rain, sometimes through June up until like around July, I would go on a two hour walk every day and I would walk around like all down by the water, down the Hudson, um, up through like Washington square park and back. And, it was almost like a a time for me to meditate and just to kind of take in what was going on, but also it helped me pass time and it gave me something consistent to work towards. And I would be like, okay, well tomorrow, you know, I'll wake up at 8am and I'll go on a walk and the weather started to warm up. And I just saw like the city go from being completely empty to like filling up again. And there's a spot on the Hudson that I, and I would run to sometimes, but I would walk to and it's where they dock the sailboats. And I remember in March, there were no sailboats. And every day I would go back and I'd visit and I would check to see if the sailboats were there. And one day they just started, the water just started filling up with sailboats because it meant the summer was here. And I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is how far we've come. Every single day I've come to see these sailboats and they're here. I've made it. And I think it was just a great reminder of like how far I've come and how we're all in this together and that we just have to trust ourselves and like trust that we are where exactly where we're meant to be and just really live like in the moment. And so I think that going on those walks that has gotten me through so much um, and I want to keep doing. When people think when they need to calm down or reassess themselves, they got to do something extreme. Go for a walk. It is a form of meditation. It is. It's one of those things where you just kind of let go. You're in the moment. The, the universe will put you in alignment again, reset you a bit. You just have to allow that to happen. You have to have a strong mentality. And something, you know, I struggle with is I've had, you know, my history with anxiety and depression. But I am a huge country music fan and I'm a huge Marin Morris fan. And she has the song Girl, that's from her girl album. And there's this, one of the lyrics is, uh, pick yourself, self pick yourself up off the kitchen floor. And I think that that is so true to be able to kind of fake it till you make it. Like, I know that sounds, it doesn't sound genuine to say that, but you just have to, like, there are days where I feel like complete crap. Like I'm like, can the freaking New York sanitation service come pick me up with the garbage? Cause I feel so crappy. But I'm like, you know how many people out there have it so much worse and they don't have the support that I have? Like, I have people who will show up for me, who are my reason for living. I have parents to stand behind me no matter what. Like, I can fake it till I make it and inspire other people, like, till the day I die. And, like, that's all I want to do is be that role model for people and have that strong mentality because it's not easy. And especially in the industry, like, sometimes, you know, I won't work the entire week and I see like, okay, well, other models are working this week and you're so quick to like compare yourself. And it's like, no, like you are you and you are the only you to ever exist. And I think just embracing that and understanding and realizing that you are so much more capable of picking yourself up off the kitchen floor than you think you are. 
I don't feel like I have an excuse um, to not be this way. Like I was definitely raised this way. It's part of my upbringing. My dad was in the military. It was very much like, suck it up. You know, I fall down and get a scrape, like suck it up, stop, don't cry. You know, we all have like the worst days of our lives, but like, we're also not alone. And I think as we continue to work through this year and through every day of our lives, just learning to pick ourselves up and be our biggest cheerleader as well as being a cheerleader for other people and carrying people along. One thing I want to be clear is how, you know, your, your positive attitude, how bright you are. That's you all the time. Like I can, for, for one, definitely say when we were working together, I'm like, this girl doesn't have a bad day, but it's so authentic to you. It's who you are. We're just so used to people being neutral all day. Um, and not wearing their frequency on their shoulder. And here you do. So um, definitely appreciate your authenticity. Thank do not you. stop that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, my dear, for joining me today. Your authenticity and genuine aura is rare and truly refreshing. And a big thank you for launching my podcast. This is episode number one. And I'm sure you'll be back to share all the greatness that is to come. And thank you to the listeners for visiting House Momentum. Take care. If you'd like to contact House Momentum or learn more about today's guest, email housemomentum at gmail.com.